Welcome to the Celebration Church Orlando podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right. All right, all right, church. How you guys doing? You guys doing good? Yes, 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 yes. We almost made it before the video. We almost did, but hey, man. We still got another service. We'll get it by then. professional here at Celebration Church. Always, 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 always. If it's your, one of your first times here, we want to thank you guys so much for, for coming to worship with us today. Obviously, we typically don't have couches and everything out here, but we, we wanted, should. We should. We should. Maybe that will be the new flow. This is nice. I think that I would, like, come out with a sweater, some slippers on, and just, like, cross my legs and just Jamas. pontificate on the glory of God. So that'll be next week. So this might be a new thing. We're just testing out some things right now. Um, but what we want to do is we want to kind of, like, like wrap up our, our Heart for the House um, series that we've been in and just kind of have some discussions around some of the things that God has truly given us a, a vision and a burden for and what we're inviting you to be a, a part of. So before we get into that, I, I do want to like, I really want to highlight what you were talking about earlier with, with baptism. So that's next week. So that's a, that's a, that's a significant thing that obviously here at, at Celebration Orlando that I think that we're probably uh, among the best to do it in the sense that our community is all in it together, the way that we celebrate. So I'm really excited for baptism. I remember many years being a part of of what God's doing here and watching many of you take your next step. So, so if that is you, maybe you're, maybe you're even entering into a new season and, and God's stirring on your heart that you want to have like something that can serve as a, as a milestone, as a catalyst for you to move on, please, please consider getting baptized. Man, we would love to, to baptize you and do that. But then after that, so that's next week, but, but after this, and you're going to love this, Mike, you're going to love this. You, you, it, it might, you might, you might. So after that, the week after that, we're kicking off our Holy Spirit series. Come on. Man. Yo, like, listen, it's going it's to be incredible. Like, it's going to be powerful. It's, we're going to unpack the, the power of the Holy Spirit. What, is it, what does he mean in your life today? Like, it's really going to be an opportunity, not only for us to, to gain understanding around this powerful subject, but how to really begin to walk in the power that God has called us to walk in. So I can't wait for that, man. So it's going to be really good. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Are you, are you going to be good, Mike? I'm going to be, am I going to be good? I'm going to be great. <laughs> Just don't get shocked. I may have some oil. I have oil right now. As you should. As you should. Why wouldn't you? Don't test it. I Absolutely. Right now. <laughs> we grew, chicken right here. We grew up very differently. <laughs> yes. I, I grew up Southern Baptist. So many people are wondering, like, why does he have oil on him? We're going to explain We that. only gonna, use yeah, oil for fried chicken. We can unpack. We can unpack. And we're just going to line series. you up in the front, and I'm just going to slap you, and you're just going to fall out. Yes. That's what yes. that is. That's, that's how that's going to That's work. the church we are. Modesty, cloths, and everything. We're going to cover you up. Oh, it's going to be good. Drape. Yes. Get ready for that. So Make sure it's people flat. People whose first time this Sunday are very confused right now. They are. They are. Come back. I promise you. We'll get normal next week. I promise you. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're, we're in a good season. But here, I, I want to circle back real quick because we are wrapping up our, our heart for the house season. And so for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about what, what does it really mean to have a, a heart for the house and, and what does it mean to, to give and partner with the vision that God has given any respective um, church. So all across all of our locations, both here and globally, we all are kind of like considered today to be our heart for the house offering day. So for the past couple of weeks, we've asked everyone to kind of pray and kind of listen to some of the things that God has put on our heart. And we want to unpack that um, with a little bit more detail. But I also want to um, give you a couple of scriptures I want you to write down just so in your in your spare time, if you want to circle back and look at some of these. Um, some of these are familiar because I've, I've addressed some of these texts um, over the past couple of weeks. But I do want you to just have them as a as a frame of reference. Um, Exodus 25 verses one and two. Again, a, a key word that's in there is everyone gives as their heart is stirred. As God speaks to their heart, we want them to respond to it. Um, Matthew 6, 21. 
another powerful passage that talks about our resources and how it's connected to our hearts. And then also in, in 2 Corinthians 9, I'm looking at verses 6 and 7. Again, that whole context is around um, people coming together. They're, they're taking those resources and identifying the vision that God has for the house. And then looking at verse number 7, I said that each one must give as he's already decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And, and I love the premise of that because with all of these scripture, it all deals with the heart. And, and what I'm hoping that we, can, that we can communicate today is that we don't want anyone to give under compulsion. We don't want anyone to give because they feel like they're caught up in an emotional moment. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been just asking you to pray, be sensitive to what God is asking you to do, and to be obedient as God begins to stir you. But it's all, it all starts with the heart. So that's really what this Heart for the House season is, is really all about. So with, with Heart for the House, Pastor Keith, you've been talking about it for the last few weeks, and we really haven't given any necessarily like specifics yet because yep. we wanted to wait till this Sunday yep. uh, to do that. But, you know, as a staff, we've been talking about this for a really long time. But the things you have talked about that we are, that Heart for the House is all about is that is one of the things is, man, Heart for the House is specifically for here in Orlando, what, you know, what we're going to give to, what this is all about, and that is our church. Yeah. And, you know, you've been talking about over the last few weeks, whether it be for just equipping our church. You keep saying using this word equip, and I know in, in Jacksonville we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. Is equipping believers here in here in the church, those who attend on Sundays or you know attend you know back in Jacksonville or across the globe, whatever nights they have, is is is, is equipping those of us who are followers of Jesus. Yeah. And you know when you say equipping, can you explain to us some of the ways that that that, that you're thinking of that yeah. uh, that that we want to give to in 2020? Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that one of the many things that, that we've been asked about, particularly with us, if you're new here, Megan and I have been in this role as the, as the lead pastors for about five going into our sixth month. And so whenever there's moments of, of transition of, of that magnitude, one of, the, one of the questions that constantly comes up is, where are we going? What are we doing? What's the, what's the vision of the house? And, and those are all very like practical, realistic questions. And even, maybe even some of you are, are asking those same questions. So let me, let me kind of resolve that, and then we'll, we'll hop into some other things. I, I honestly don't believe that, that I have the authority to determine what that is. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus tells us that. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Jesus tells us what the vision is for his church because we are his church. And so here's what I can tell you. We're, our, our, our mission, our vision, and whatever colorful language we wrap around it with our branding and all of our creativity, at the end of the day, it comes down to, uh, to two things, reaching the lost and equipping the found. That's the mission and vision for every single church that exists. If it's not, then run far away from it as you can, because that's the mission that Jesus has left for all of us, is to reach the lost and equip the found. So everything that we do as a church will fall into one of those two overarching categories. We're doing something that's either to reach people who don't know Jesus, or we're going to do our best to equip people who know who Jesus is, so that they now can now go out and begin to do the same thing that was done for them. So that's the big picture of what we mean by equip, but, but more specifically as it relates to equipping um, and our assignment here at Celebration Orlando is, is understanding the, the season that we're in, not, not only as a church, but just culturally speaking. And, and what we're aware of is that as by, by just looking at statistics and, and having an understanding of where we are, um, the average person comes to church like 1.8 times per month. I don't know how you calculate 0.8 in attendance, 
But you guys understand how numbers work. You just kind of calculate. And so the average person comes to church 1.8 times a month. And some of it is because of work schedules. Some of it is because of like a lot of other things going on. But what we want to make sure of is that we're able to resource and equip people so that their, their faith is not something that they rally around on Sunday, but by Tuesday, they begin to run out of gas. We want to make sure that we're able to equip and resource them. So here's a couple of things specifically, um, and I'll give you some examples around that, that kind of is really on, that's really on my heart. When I, when I think about like marriages and, and the home life and things along those lines, we realize that there's a lot of things that are fighting for your attention. Our, our phones, our televisions, all these things are there, and we're engaged in these things anyway. And so when we, when we have opportunities in these vehicles that allows us to deliver content exactly where you are, it's only going to help us to resource people that much more. So when it comes to like our equipped classes, um, we have a lot of different things that the church offers. Because here, here's what I'm, I'm aware of when, I, when I'm sitting in a room of this size. As you guys will, will see, it, it ties right back to the, to the Exodus narrative. I'm, I'm aware that sitting in this room right now, there is somebody who may be at this church for the first time, but to take it a step further, there's somebody who doesn't know Jesus at all. So in my mindset, that's a reflection of Egypt, just someone who's away from God altogether. At the same time, in this exact same room, there's somebody here who, who, who has a walk with God, but they're walking through some things as we all are, and I call that the wilderness season, where you're trusting God, but you're walking through some things, and you're not fully functioning, but you're seeing progress in your life. We have those individuals that are sitting in here right now. But in addition to that, we also have people that are in Canaan, the promised land. You understand who you are in Christ, that you're thriving in your walk with God, but God still wants you to, to pursue more and to help other people. So in any given Sunday, we have all three of those individuals sitting in this room at the same time. Yeah. So the assignment that all of us have, particularly myself as I, as I share each Sunday, is I now have to create a message that can speak to the person that's in Egypt, that can encourage the person that's in the wilderness, and equip the person that's in Canaan. So we know that on Sundays, we're not able to go as deep as we want to. We're not able to unpack everything. You catch me in the lobby after this, and we can go there. But you realize that you have to work through all of this because all of you guys are sitting in the room at the same time. Yeah. When we talk about equipping, what that allows us to do is it allows us to take the conversation beyond what happens here on this platform, and now we can tailor it more specifically to the varying needs that are in this room. So one of the tools that we want to be able to revamp is we really want to upgrade our technology. As we know that there are so many ways that people engage information, but there's not a shortage of information. What we actually need is a revelation and integration. We want to take what God is doing in us Dang. and be able to, hey, man, I'm just getting started. That was good, right? I didn't even have that in my notes, Justin. Um, I just, I'm just a fountain of wisdom. Out of the overflow of the heart. Yes, out of the overflow. So, so honestly, for us, what that means is we realize that some of you have... Um, crazy work schedules, and maybe you want to come to one of our equipped classes. That takes place in our church offices, but it may be hard for you to get there. We never want someone's ability to take their next step in their discipleship journey to be limited by their ability to be in the building. So what we want to do is we want to upgrade all of our equipment and technology so that we can extend our podcast. Now, let me, let me say this. Um, I noticed when we had, um, we started the Exodus series, and I think like week two, we had like the hurricane. So we didn't even have church on, on, on that Sunday. So we ended up recording it really quick in the offices, and we, and we put it up on YouTube. And we saw all through social media, like all the watch parties, many of you guys gathering together to participate. We saw such a profound pouring out of people who wanted to engage the content beyond just sitting in this room. Please hear our heart. I want everyone who feels called to be here to be here every single Sunday, but I don't want the conversation to end here. We want to be able to resource and equip. And so what we will be able to do, if I use the Exodus narrative as an example, 
while I'm aware of Egypt, wilderness, and Canaan, I'm also aware that there's other conversations we can have. And with us upgrading our technology, it will allow us to have dedicated podcasts to varying subjects and even different people groups that we then can deliver that content to you right from your phone, um, in your homes, and things like that. So equipping is really taking what we're doing and taking the conversation beyond what just happens here on a Sunday. Yeah, and I would also say about equipping people with resources, a lot of times during the week, you go through many things. Sometimes it's, it's not bad things. Sometimes it's challenging times. And equipping people with resources help strengthens your faith. You know, it helps you develop a, a personal relationship with God outside of the Sunday service. And so that's what we're, we're thankful for, that we do have um, what we have so far, but we want to reach people more um, in your homes or whether it's be streaming. I mean, I know that's a big deal for like when you go out of town and you miss a Sunday, you're like, oh, I don't want to miss Sunday, but I still want to have church. We want to be able to stream the services so that you don't miss anything and that you're still equipped going uh, through your next week. Amen. I forgot about that. Thank you for circling back. Oh. Good job. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think all of us in this room, we've, we've benefited from, from something like this, whether it be from, from other churches. Yeah. I mean, I, my office is right next to Mike. I think Mike is a part of about nine different churches because I always hear, <laughs> like, T.D. Jakes, you know, just blasting out, you know, whatever the Sunday service was, True. you know. I've you, been there praying yeah. all the time. Yeah, and so, <laughs> you know, I, I think we've all benefited from, from churches who, who, who do this, you know, but, like, I think our church is pretty incredible. Like, you know, I, I, think, I think your so. messages are great. I'm not trying to fluff you up. I but agree. I mean, yeah, yeah. Say that. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know. I don't think they heard you, Justin. Say that one more time. <laughs> I think your messages are great. Yes. I think, yeah. Did y'all hear what he said? Can y'all give the man a God? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and so j- just realizing, you know, I, I do. I watch about three or four different pastors and their messages from Sundays throughout the week. And it does, like what you were saying, Pastor Megan, it does, like, it helps you grow personally. Like, there's things I may experience something during the week. All I got to do is go to Google and type in, like, uh, I don't know, anxiety Chris Hodges from Highlands Church of the Highlands, whatever it may be. And it pops up, and there's something that I can watch right then and there. Same with our equip classes. You know, we, we had a finance class uh, last month. There's something you can go to our website. Man, I'm struggling with finances right now. Type that in, and boom, you didn't miss it, but you're right there in it now. And so that's what we want to do. And just some stats real quick on why this is so important. 500 million minutes of videos are watched on YouTube every single day. People need to get a job. Uh, (laughs) One billion weekly users participate on Instagram. And 40% more with video than static posts. So the engagement, people are engaging with video. Gone are the days of just posting a picture of your dinner when you're out to eat and getting a lot of likes. People don't want to see that junk anymore. They want to see how you made the dinner. Okay? You know? It's true. It's true. You, you know, and so that's, we, we, we want to, Mike, you should do a cooking show. I you should. Y'all know I can cook. Look at Mike me. Can, yes, Mike can throw can. down. <laughs> but does that surprise anybody? Mike, you look like somebody who can cook. I look like I can cook. You're, you're, I'm still waiting. Like, I've been here, like, five months. I think we're going into six months now, and I'm still waiting for, hey, like, that bread, that bread pudding. Oh. Yes. Mac and cheese. Yes, come on. It's, it's getting to I'm a point like, now, Mike, where you have to make a decision. I can leave this stage right now and go to a store and go cook. Well, like, how about after service? We, <laughs> okay. Let's I think that. I think a different spirit is beginning to take over this conversation right now. So we're <laughs> back a with the Holy spirit. spirit. Yeah. And so, 
okay, so, so we've talked about the tech package. Like we've talked about kind of what we want to do technology-wise, but it's, it, it's more than just that. We've been talking about, for the last five years, we've been talking about a permanent location. Come on, y'all. Can I get an amen? Yes, let the church say amen. And so can you, just, can you just explain just a little bit of kind of like what that means when, we're, when, we're, when we give towards a permanent location? Yeah, I mean, and I, I think that most of us, we, we get that. And, and if you're on one of our teams, like, yes, I, I love set up and tear down just as much as the next person said no one ever, um, <laughs> ever. But, and, and here's what that means. Like, for those who, who are unaware, like, this is obviously a school. And we're so grateful for our relationships with the school system that allows us to come in and, and turn this school into a place of worship every day. And what I truly believe is that it's because of what we do here that it permeates and it actually is an encouragement of the students and the teachers and the faculty as they come in on every single week. I really do believe that with my heart. Yeah, we, we can have, like, I think one person to clap, but I think at some point we just got to give a courtesy support. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 do, I do believe that. But I also know that just like we see in Scripture, like when the tabernacle was built, it was a season when they were mobile and they had to have the nimbleness and had to adjust. But then when David came on the scene, he had a heart to build a house for God. And, and what that does is just allows us to have a stable location where we're now able to reallocate our resources to better equip. Now, now here's a couple of things. We, we realize, as we're saying, we want to do everything we can in this season to remove the barriers that keeps us from doing everything that God is calling us to do. We want that for your own lives. Like, what are some of the barriers that limit your ability to engage God? So we want to be able to deliver content to you um, in the event that you can't make it here on, on any specific Sunday. But to take that a step further in the context of, of, of us having a, a local building, there's many times that we're, we're talking and we're praying and we're saying, like, hey, let's have a, let's have a worship night. Okay, so now that, that, that kicks into a, a whole bunch of conversations on availability. Who's going to help us set up? Okay, we have to tear it down. It's going to be during the week. Well, they have school the next day. So it creates these limitations in our ability to really respond to what we feel like God's ultimately calling us to do. So not only was, is this going to allow us to, to do church and have a permanent location, which obviously is a powerful thing, and to have a regional hub in this area that, that we can partner with other churches and all that stuff, but even just serving you guys, we feel like us having our permanent location, creating a space where you can come in at lunch. And, and come and pray where we can have worship nights that doesn't require a whole lot of uh, backing to it. Like that's ultimately what it is. So I think that we get that. We, we understand that because we truly do believe that when we are able to take ground, even if you look at it in your own life, I, I remember those moments when, when, when we used to like rent and we were moving from place to place. But when we honestly were able to take ground and say like, this is our home and we're going to build it the way that God's called us to build it and watch what God does with it. I truly believe that's what the, the mission is for us. So we, we've been in this season for a while, but I think that God is now positioning us where now as a, as a response to your giving and your generosity, it's going to put us in a position that as we're having conversations about where God will have us to, to, to make our permanent location, as God begins to speak to us about what our next steps are, we're going to be able to respond to that very quickly as a result of you guys' generosity and, and walking alongside us in this season. Yeah, let me, let me just say this. For, for five years, we have, we have, you know, me and Mike have been here for the last five years, and we have always got this, this question, be like, man, when are you guys going to get a permanent bu building? Like, I don't know, when God gives us one. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, we don't enjoy the suffer of set up and break. It's not like this is where intentionally, you know, you, you, you know, we're whatever. But we thought when we moved here, uh, we, we signed a three-year lease here at Howard Middle School, and in our minds, we we're like, oh, for sure, for sure. Like, you know, end of year one, we're going to have a building. You know, this is going to be year one ended. Be like, oh, no, for sure. You know, year two, definitely. And then, and then the contract ended. And we we're like, yeah, for sure, by the time, you know, whatever. And we, we, we are looking. And this year, we are 
believing, you know. We are, we are believing for sure, you know. <laughs> we are yes. believing, you know. This year. This is, this, this, is, this, is the, this is the year, 2020, 2020. Yes. Oh. yes. I'm, sure, I'm sure you could bring something biblical out of that. Right. I don't know. You, you know. I'm putting you on the spot. We'll, yeah, we'll talk you, about it next yeah, service. Yeah, we'll talk about it next service. Yeah, I'll listen to the podcast then. for next service. Um, vision, yeah. 2020 vision. Ooh. You know, oh. Write the vision, make a claim. Give me a second, man. We'll go there. Um, <laughs> My mind is blown. Yes. So, yeah, we have, we have vision to get the building, writing the vision, making it plain, and we're going to follow where God's leading us to go. But we truly do believe it's going to be a benefit um, to our entire region. So that's something that we're really believing God for. You are so wise. Um, okay, Perhaps. so part of this Heart for the House is it's, it's, it's our church here. Like, it's, it's Celebration Church here in Orlando. But another part of this that you've been talking about over the last few weeks is that of Heart for the House for our city. Um, I, I love this quote that you've been saying just, just among staff, and I mentioned it in, in, in offering a few weeks ago. You asked this question. I've never thought about it like this, but would our city miss celebration if we were to just go away tomorrow? Yeah. When you asked that, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You, you know, like I, I would hope so. You know, I, I would really hope so, but it, it convicted me of like how focused, you know, am, am I, Justin Todd, you know, on my city, like am, am I doing things that if tomorrow I were not around, like would, am I making an impact? And so, you know, I want to kind of ask you, what are some of those things that, that we as Celebration Church want to do to impact our city more? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and on the heels of that question, I realized that we, that for years, we've, yeah. we've stepped into some very uncomfortable spots. We respond to crisis. I can't, I can't keep count of the many moments that we've stepped up and that we've been engaged. So by all means, we've, we've done a lot. But what really stirred that, that question that I posed to us is, is really looking at a sustained impact in the environment that God has called us to be in. And, and I really think that it's, it's, it's understanding that it's not one or the other, but it's both. How can we, how can we build and equip the church here also recognizing that God has given us a bigger assignment beyond here and having a, an impact in the city. And, and so that's really just been something I've been thinking about. And when we did have that question amongst our staff and, and even amongst some of you, we've found that, yeah, there's moments where we step in, serve day, those moments where we step in and we rally, but it, it becomes more like an event instead of it being a sustained presence. That's and I good. want us to have something that's more than just like, hey, we're going to rally on this one day in the summertime and then we'll come back in the next summertime or we're going to wait for the holiday and do something. No, I believe that the mandate that God has given the church in us is to have a sustained presence in the community that he's called us to be a part of. And I think the best way that we do that is we do our best to intentionally remember the people that society has forgotten. Um, I think that's the assignment that God has really given us because here, here's, here's what I know practically speaking. I, I realize that, that so much of our energy and resources are built around the Sunday experience, and that's not going to change. We're going to continue to do that. But I also believe that God has given us the resources and the vision to realize that there are people beyond who are just in this room that also need to be met with the gospel of Jesus Christ as well. Every time I ride through our city and I see people who are, that are homeless or that are in, in a need state, um, I I know that there's that tension that we wrestle with because it's like, man, like, how did they end up there? For me, I look at it through the lens of, like, all of us have a story to tell. And, and, if I, and as I've shared before, like, it's just, like it's just one decision away that maybe I could have been that person. Maybe because I have family support that my family would have rallied and taken care of me if something were to happen to me. Maybe for another person, they didn't have that opportunity, regardless of what that all is. And, and we can go down that rabbit trail any given moment. It's more so what is God calling us to do with that? Yeah. What, yeah. what are we supposed to do when we see someone who's in, in needs? And so we don't necessarily feel like a significant burden to, to recreate the wheel, so to speak. We just feel like God has given us a responsibility to recognize the, the 
the organizations that are already making such a huge difference in our city and partnering with them and providing them with resources and giving avenues for us as a people to come alongside and to serve with them. So the homeless community is something that's really big on my heart. In addition to that, I also want to step into the prisons and help those individuals as well. Because even regardless of the crimes they've committed and, and the fact that they're repaying their debt to society, those are still men and women that are made in the image of God. He still has a purpose and a call for their lives. And just because they're in captive, it does not mean that Jesus still does not want to reach them with the grace and with the word of God. So I want to come alongside our, our prison ministries and people who are in the prisons. Do you know that there are many churches now that have begun to actually plant churches in prisons, that they're actually using those as one of their locations because those individuals need the gospel as well. When we looked at the mission statement of Jesus that's found in Luke 4, which he's reading from um, Isaiah 61, every one of the things that Jesus says that he's coming to do, they're attached to people who have needs. They're attached to people that are in prison. They're attached to people who are poor. So I really do feel like if Jesus said that we should do it, I don't know. Maybe we should do it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, hey, man, like, if this is who Jesus came to serve and to seek for, then what can we do to come alongside those very same yeah. things? I love what you said about the homeless. Uh, one of the things that I love that our, our staff does is there's uh, special kits and stuff that they have specifically for the homeless that you can just grab um, out of our offices and we keep them in our car. And so if we don't have money, we have resources like toothbrushes and deodorant and stuff like that that we can just hand out to them uh, in those moments. So we do have a heart for them, but we wanna reach so much more. There's so much need um, in the city of Orlando. I mean, there's many homeless, the stats are out there, uh, but we just wanna reach them more than just having you know, one thing in our hand, like how can we equip them to get off of their feet? How can we partner with organizations to do that? Yeah. And so I'm grateful that, you know, for the burden that God has for our city, um, that we can do a little bit more. And one thing I want to add to that, because I know we have to, have to keep moving, in addition to that as well, is, is, is honestly, like, is our senior community. We know that there are, there are many that are in our senior community, and, um, and many times they may feel like they're forgotten or that they're left out, and maybe their families have put them in there, or there's all types of variables that are there. But I do feel like God has given us a mandate to go into those spaces to ensure that those individuals feel loved and encouraged and that we're presenting the gospel to them as well. And, I mean, and they literally could be in a position where that's their last chance of hearing from it. So I think God is just calling us to step into these spaces where people need um, to have an experience with the love of God, and, and, and I feel like our responsibility is to step into those spaces and do it. Yeah, and you know, to, to, to kind of to kind of wrap this whole whole thing up, I know we're keeping it moving, but you know, so we've talked about our church celebration, or they were doing that through technology and, yep. and and kind of equipping our church, and we've talked about our city, whether it be through homeless, the homelessness population, the prison ministry, or, or senior care. But the last thing that that we've been talking about for Heart for the House that you've kind of touched on is that for our world. And, uh, you know, for, for Heart for the House, you know, uh, uh, we've been talking about in staff, and you've mentioned it on stage a, a few times, is, is, man, reaching and resourcing the youth. Yeah. And I know you guys just spent about two weeks at our Celebration Zimbabwe yeah. uh, campus, and that's, I know that's going to be a huge part of it, too. So yeah. can you just speak a little bit more to that? Absolutely. And I can, I can go on for, for hours about this. So let me just give you guys some, some quick stats so you can understand um, the dynamics of what we're talking about, specifically looking at like our youth uh, initiative. So that's more than just here in Orlando, but that's just all of our network of churches really feeling like there's a need for us to really engage the, the next generation. Here's a couple of stats. Um, 
of all everyone that kind of fits into that Gen Z category, which when I, I looked at it last night, it's basically from the ages of 10 through 24 is kind of considered um, Generation Z. 35% of the people that fall into that demographic, um, they view the Bible as irrelevant and hypocritical. Um, that's kind of how they view it. Of that demographic, 60% of them walk away from church when they are old enough that they can do it. Um, of that demographic, only 75% um, of them would say that they read their Bibles, but only once per month. So we're looking at like a generation of people that are, that are drastically um, falling away from God. And, and, and one of the things that's very humbling for me to consider is when I think about if we continue on this trend, when the next generation becomes now, and if they're not engaged in God's word, if they're not engaged in church, we will eventually begin to see the church take a decline as we become those who are now in the senior um, communities and we begin to die off. Like we're at an epidemic where this is what the stats say, that of that Gen Z, it's the least church generation that has ever existed since mankind was birthed. Like I, I want us to feel the weight of that. Like this generation is the least church ever. But God has given us the vision, the insight, and the ability to partner with organizations that are dedicated to equipping this generation with making sure that the statistic of 60% walking away from the church, that we can reverse that. See, I feel like what we do a, a lot of times in the church is that we, we're really good at reacting. We react to things. We react to brokenness. We react to things. But I believe that God wants us to stop reacting and to start responding by getting ahead of it. Because this is what I truly believe. I believe that it's far much um, better resource of our stewardship and of our time if we can actually deposit into people instead of trying to repair them on the back end. So what we want to do as a church is we want to come alongside organizations like One Hope, um, the Bible Project, as well as Version, to create this content that we can deliver to our students and to our youth pastors and everyone who's involved in it, where we're actually helping our students to grow and be rooted in their faith. I love the idea of David, who was a teenager when he went to face Goliath. And this is the imagery that I want for all of our students. When, when Saul tried to put his armor on him, you know what David said? I can't go in this. I can't wear this. Here, here's what I want for us. I want for us to equip our next generation with these resources and environments where they can grow, that when the world puts labels on them, they're like, man, I can't go in it. That's not me. I, I, I'm not going to go in it. That's not who I am. I know that the world wants to put these labels on me, but that's not who I am. And so us, our ability to partner with organizations that specialize in bringing this content to students, is, it changes everything. It radically changes their lives so that way when they do reach the age where they're going away to college and they're having every temptation, every obstacle, and every thread of doubt is trying to find a way of attaching itself to them, they can say, no, I can't go in this. I know who I am in Christ. I know that God is real. And they actually become the ones who are going out and reaching people instead of being taken off the path that God has for them. That's good. Michael, you serve with the youth um, on the weekends at OCC. Yes. Tell us about that. Love it. So that, you know, and that is one of the, the best things that I love that we get to do is we get to partner with people who are already doing it, which is, exactly. which is amazing. Because how many times have we been in churches where we're like, we're going to invent something yep, new. We don't need to. And then you have just basically everybody doing their own thing, but nobody really accomplishing anything. That's cool. And so what we get to do every weekend, and, and some of them actually who are directors there come to Celebration, and we actually partner with Orlando's Children's Church on the weekends, and it is phenomenal to be able to impact the lives of students, not just in one part of town, but they bust in students from all over the city. Yeah. So whatever we say there ends up going into other parts of the city. Yeah. So now you can kind of start to see how your stretch is actually going. So your one Saturday morning, four hours or whatnot, could really impact yeah. 
in really an almost infinite way the entire community and how we are either impacting in their home lives or impacting um, just in the schools in the, in this county. And so it is absolutely impactful. And that's even going from the youngest of ages all the way through high school yeah. and just being able to, to love on them essentially yeah. because yeah. that's the crux of it is just loving on um, these students and then being able to provide the word of God to them. And yeah. I'm sure we'll be able to resource with all the, yeah. um, the Bible project information and everything else in a way that is tangible to them and to our city. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the goal. Ultimately, is partnering, like you said, with other organizations that are already doing it. And, and I, I love what you said. Everybody's doing their own thing, but no one's making a difference. Right. We actually want to identify where are the people that are making a difference. Let's send resources and people in those lanes where we can actually begin to say, as a result of us getting involved in this, we've seen this happen. Yeah. It's quantifiable. It's not just these feel-good moments, yeah. but we literally can point and say, we saw the homeless population decrease as a result of us getting involved. Right. We've seen students being more discipled by measurables that we can actually begin to tabulate now as a result of us getting involved. So those are some of the things. But then, um, Pastor Justin, you had mentioned um, celebrations in Zimbabwe. They fall into yeah. all this as well. So as you guys know, Megan and I just came back from there um, a couple weeks ago, and, and it was a life-changing experience for us. And, and we're going to have trips there. We had an opportunity to meet our sponsored child while we yeah. was there. Um, so it was the whole experience was really powerful but here here's the best way that I can put it there there God has like given them such profound favor that they're able to go into these regions where there is literal cult worship I, I couldn't begin and I could tell you guys in some conversations that when you're riding through a country and a community and you see that they create these spaces for these these ritualistic sacrifices that God has given us favor in those exact areas and we're putting churches there and the people that were once involved in those things are getting radically saved yeah. and getting involved in the church. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a more literal um, parallel to what it means to take ground from the enemy. Right. So God has given us favor to literally plant churches in these environments that are so far removed where cults are being um, very, very pervasive, but yet we're stepping in and we're seeing the hearts of men change. So in this season for Heart for the House, all of our global churches, we recognize that there's one location that you and I went to in Sourtown inside of Zimbabwe where they already have the material. They just need resources so they can actually build the building so that they can begin to have churches there. It creates jobs for people. And like for us, us giving just $1,000 over there may seem like, yeah, that's a little bit over here. That changes everything for people yeah, over there. Like it literally yeah. changes people's lives with something like that. So a portion of our heart for the house is going to be going over to our celebration Zim community so that not only are we going to be able to build a place where the enemy has now currently operating, but we're going to begin to take ground back. But also we'll partner with schools in that area because every single day, we, as a result of all of our giving, we feed 60,000 kids every day in, in Zimbabwe. Crazy, yeah every day. And what we're truly believing is by the end of the year, as a result of what we're doing in Hartford House, we're going to be able to bump that up to like 100,000 kids wow. per day. Wow. Per day. Like, that's a big deal, but it's yeah. all because we all have a heart for the house. And so God's been doing some incredible things over there. Yeah. And I would say, too, uh, your giving has already, like at Sourstown, that's where our sewing project room is. They have a, a business over there where they've equipped people in the community to be able to um, teach them a trade to be able to sew things like bags and make jewelry and all this stuff so they can make uh, funds for their families and stuff like that and sell those things. So it's actually on the Sourstown um, grounds. And so we were able to see that and see them working hard when we walked in there. And that was just amazing to see, like, not only are they equipping people with equipping the kids with food, helping integrate them with the word of God. Um, but they're also taking people in the community who need jobs. I mean, there's a 95% employment rate there. And so 
every person that we can get to get employed, you know, we're just helping that to decrease. So your giving has already contributed to that. It's a, it's a big deal. They just they got pictures of us when we were in Zen. Oh, That's yay. so cool. Look at us. Like y'all see us in the mission field just suffering for Jesus. We yes. really went, guys. I promise. Um, that's not Photoshop. So so here, here's what it, here's what it all boils down to. And I know that Pastor Justin hit on it earlier. Um, and in just a few moments, we're going to create some space for us to have our our heart for the house offering. That kind of like is is an our opportunity for us to kind of partner with the vision that we truly believe that God has has given us. And so we're going to create some space where you can pray. We've we've invited you to pray over the past couple of weeks, but we're going to create some space in our service um, right now for you to kind of pray and, and really say, God, like, again, what, what do you put on my heart? What is the heart? What is the thing that God's stirring in your heart? Not under compulsion, but as God has led you to do that, we want to create the space for you to do that. And then once you do pray, we'll go into worship, we'll give, and we'll, we'll, we'll seal the service out, and Pastor Justin will give us some instructions. But I do want to give us a, just a, a real quick um, biblical framework, because I think that God has given us um, an opportunity that we really can change the atmosphere. So the, the, the primary text I want to look at, and we're going to go through this really quick, is, is found in, at the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and is verses 1 through 8. I'm not going to read all of it, but I do want to read um, this one part where it talks about what Mary gave to Jesus. And what it says here at verse number three, it says, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So I want us to get this imagery of Jesus being in this person's house and that Mary was moved in such a way that she wanted to come and to and pour out. This, this blessing on her. And I think there's some things that we can see in all of that. Because I think that what we see when it says that the house was filled is we see that the atmosphere was changed. That means that she poured out so much of this perfume that it, it, it literally changed the atmosphere. And I honestly believe our assignment for us, for all the things that we've talked about, is I think that God has given each of us the ability to change the atmosphere. Because who among us hasn't been around the person that went a little heavy on the cologne and it, and it, changes, it changes the atmosphere? <laughs> My, my, my oldest son, he, he would hate that I would tell this story, but when he was, when he was uh, going through those, those teenage years, when he was trying to show off, like, he used to go real strong on an Axe body spray. Like, that was, <laughs> that, was his, that was his jam. And so, like, he would get up early in the morning because obviously school was, like, first thing in the morning, but we would wake up maybe, like, around 7 o'clock, and he had already been gone since, like, 6-something, and you could just smell <laughs> Axe body spray everywhere he was. Like, it... It changed the atmosphere, every room that he was in. Because in his mind, he's thinking like, man, it's a long day. So he wanted to put on enough at 6 a.m. that he could still have it smelling real strong at 4 when he was coming home. So he, he would like empty the, and it would, it would fill the atmosphere. Like it, it, ch it changed everything. It got to a point where you would get nauseous when you smelled it. You, you would get uncomfortable. Like you were like, man, is it going to attach itself to me? Like you just didn't, it got, it got, it got really weird. But, but here's the thing. He put on enough that it literally changed the atmosphere. Every room he went into, it, it left that aroma there. And, and, and what, if, what if I told you that, that the grace that's on your life has the ability to change the atmosphere? Yeah. What, if, what if I told you that when you go into your workplace and if you have that joy on your life that it should change the atmosphere? What if, yeah. what if I told you that when you go into your home and you're dealing with tension, but if you allow yourself to wear the, the, the garment of peace, that you have the ability to change the atmosphere? What I want us to see is that, that God puts something on us that allows us and empowers us to change the atmosphere. You don't have to adapt to what's happening in those rooms, but you are supposed to allow those rooms to adapt to the grace of God that's on 
your life. And I believe that this is a powerful illustration of that. And when we look at Mary and the way that she poured out what was on her and how it changed the atmosphere is the same thing that I believe God wants us to do in our homes, with our students, in our marriages, with equipping, in, in, in Zimbabwe. All these areas that God is asking us to be a part of is that we, that we deposit something that has the ability to change the atmosphere. So as we prepare to pray, there's, there's three things that I want us to kind of process through as it relates to having a heart that can change the atmosphere. First and foremost, it's a, it's a heart of thankfulness. Because with Mary, her, her brother was dead. As you read this text and you look at what happened in John chapter 11, Lazarus has died. But Jesus shows up, he's resurrected, and so now they're having this big party. So in the mind of Mary, she sees Lazarus, that thing that was once dead, sitting next to Jesus. And this, this overwhelming sense of gratitude began to rise up inside of her heart. I'm not sure about you, but I know for me, when I begin to go back and look at the resume of my life, there are moments that I am so thankful for what God has saved me from. Yeah. I'm so thankful for the yeah. dead things in my life that Jesus has resurrected. I'm so thankful for the fresh opportunities that he's given me. So when we prepare to give, it's giving through the lens of, has God been good to you? Is there anything that God has stirred or that he's changed in your life? And it's with that attitude that we have. But in addition to having a, a heart that's full of thankfulness, it's really just a heart full of generosity. Because she poured out a lot. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a small amount. Like, it was, it was a lot. It would have been considered, like, an extravagant, over-the-top gift. Like, the, the oil that was there, like, it was imported from India. Like, they say that it was 300 denarii, which basically translates to about $10,000. So, so imagine this. Imagine going to, your local, going to your local Walgreens right now and buying $10,000 worth of Old Spice. <laughs> and then bringing it here to church and just pouring it all on Pastor Justin right now just head to toe i prefer brute okay yeah, yeah. or brute you do look, you look like a brute man brute and wranglers just brett Favre in it um so but but imagine that like it would it would be that's that's an exorbitant amount but I, what i think is that she she understood that i i have no intentions on holding back i have no intentions on being conservative in this area i want i really want to change the atmosphere and so it it, it got on everything but then and the, the last part that I really think it's, it's something that we can probably lean into in this moment is that we also have a heart that has a desire to make an impact. As we've talked about the places that God has given us an invitation to be, in, be involved in, it, it really is understanding that God is inviting us to have an impact. As I, as I share with my son's story and how the aroma lasted longer than him, I, I wonder if we really began to look at things through this lens. If, am I giving something that will outlive me? Am I, am I giving something that, that, can, that can still exist even when I'm no longer in the room? That's, that's the overflow that I believe we see in this text and what God is inviting us to be a part of. The material that they wore back in those days would have been like a combination of, of wool and cotton. I've done some research on this, thank God for Google. And what you'll find is with, with, with wool and cotton is that it's a, it's a material that, that breathes. And with heat, it actually traps the smell, but then it actually slowly releases it. So here's what I want us to get a sense of. She poured out so much that it didn't just get on Jesus, but it was on everybody. Have you, have you ever been in someone's home and maybe they got some fried chicken or something going on and you can smell it? Like it's on her hair. Like it's, it gets on everything. Like we, we've all been in those moments. Whenever we make bacon at home, like, okay, I can smell it. It's on every. Like it attaches itself. So it stands to reason that they, she poured out so much that it wasn't just for Jesus, but everyone that was in the vicinity was the beneficiaries of what it poured out. Mary was the beneficiary of what she poured out. Peter was the beneficiary of what was poured out. And here's, here's the imagery that I want us to see, is that not only when, when Jesus was, had all this ointment on him, this anointing oil, so to speak, but 
there's, there's only in scripture, there's only three different types of people that were anointed in Bible times. They were either prophets, priests, and kings. Jesus was all three. He's the prophet, he's the priest, he's the king. So it was almost like her acknowledging that I'm pouring out because I know that I can trust your word, Jesus. She was pouring out because she knew that Jesus' intercession was going to be complete. She was pouring out because she recognized that Jesus was king, that when you give, you understand that, Lord, I can stand on your word. I can trust in what you're doing on my behalf, and I know that you're reigning over every situation I'm in. She's pouring out from a place of recognizing who he is. So here's what I want us to understand, that everybody that was there, they were carrying that same grace on their lives. I believe that even when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying about, Lord, if there's another way for me to not have to die, I would love for us to do that. You could still smell the anointing on him. I believe that when he was arrested, you could still smell the anointing on him. I, I believe that when he was standing before Caiaphas and, and, and Pontius Pilate, you could still smell the anointing. When they punched him in his face, that even the soldiers would be able to smell their fists and saying, but there's something that's on this man that he's still anointed. I believe that when he was crucified on the cross, that the soldiers could smell the anointing on him. There was something about what was poured out that it changed the entire atmosphere and you could smell the anointing. Here's what I believe. I believe that, that when we pour out, that it gets on us as well and no matter what season we go into people can still smell the anointing on you that no matter what's going on in your life you're still anointed because you've decided to pour out I truly believe that an open hand means an open heaven and what we see with Mary that as she as she prayed and she she wiped his feet with her hair it got on her too so everywhere she went it was like oh I, I can tell that you've been with Jesus do you do you know that when we pour out that people can see that you've been with Jesus because what's connected to Jesus is the anointing what's connected to Jesus is the gratitude what's connected to Jesus is recognizing that he is king this this is what he's inviting us to be a part of of pouring out and leaving a legacy that even goes beyond these four walls but it's not just for us so when you came in, we, we gave you um, our, our, our giving envelopes. You can certainly prepare to give that way. We, we have our regular ways that you can give on the screens and you can text in. But we also gave you a, a, a card. And I want to be really clear, that's not, a, that's not a pledge card. That's not something that we can follow up with you later. But we just realized that some people may not be in a position where you can give right now. But that card is simply to be a reflection of this is what God has put on my heart to give. We don't want anyone to miss out on this sacred moment because we believe that in this moment that God is going to seal and begin to do some incredible things. I love how Paul says that when you, that when you sow, that you're going to also reap. That everything that Mary poured out, it also got on her as well. And I believe that what we're doing is going to not only benefit our church, it's not only going to benefit our city, it's not going to just benefit the kids and everyone else that God has given us a heart for, but the truth of the matter is it's going to also benefit us. So in a moment, we're going to, we're going to lead you to a space where you can just create some space to pray. We want to pause for a moment, and, and worship's going to lead us. And, and if you're with your spouse, maybe you can just pray and say, like, maybe you've already had that conversation, but if you haven't, this is a moment where we want you to pray and say, God, this is what we believe God wants us to do. And, and we're going to create some space for that. After that, Pastor Justin's going to come out, give us some instructions on how we can then give. We're going to worship and believe God's going to do something incredible. But this heart for the house moment is us allowing us to see that the house has a heart for you. The house has a heart for the, the disenfranchised. The, heart, the house has a heart for the broken. That's, that's what this church is all about. That's the mission of this church. That's the vision of this church. So what I want us to do is I just want us to pause. I want us to go ahead and get those cards out if you want to fill it out that way. And what I want you to do is just to, just to steal a few moments and just pray. Pray and be sensitive to what God's going to do, and then we'll come out and give you some more instructions in just a moment. Let me pray for us as we prepare to pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're even speaking to our hearts right now, that you're stirring us right now. So, Lord, I pray that you speak to us and that you give us the courage to obey, even as Mary obeyed, knowing that what we pour out, God, it's also for us as well. So speak to us, God, and give us the boldness to be obedient.
church, since you've had a, a few moments to pray, what we're going to do right now is, uh, and this is, this is the time for our heart for the house giving. And just as Pastor Keith explained and I explained, at the beginning of service, you have two envelopes uh, when you came in, and if you've already given one for the tithe, the other one is for heart for the house. And you can designate uh, your gift as heart for the house on there. And then you can also, you can text 25101 and select heart for the house uh, that way as well. And you can also give online until the end of the year as well for Heart for the House. But the most important thing is, is, is this card that's in your hand right now. What we encourage you to do before you place it in the containers is just take a picture of it. If you're not, if you're not giving today that you're going to give throughout towards the end of the year, whatever it may be, take a picture of it. Take it with you and so you can pray over that as well. But um, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray and I'm going to go ahead and ask the ushers to come forward. And when I say amen... We're going to begin to pass the containers. And I want you guys to continue to stay in a moment of prayer. Continue to pray over what you're given. Continue to pray over what God wants to do through what we're given here today for Heart for the House. And then after the containers have been passed, the worship band is going to come up and lead us in one more song. And they will invite you to stand. But when I say amen, please remain seated and just continue to stay in this moment of prayer. God, we thank you so much. Uh, for what you've already done in the last five years at this church, God. And we are excited for 2020, God, and what you're going to do through, the, through this heart for the house offering, God. Lord, we pray for every single person in here, God, who you have spoken to and they have decided what they are going to give, God. We pray, Lord, that when they give, God, that they experience uh, blessings beyond compare, God, that they experience obedience, uh, the, the joy of being obedient to what you have put on their heart, God. And Lord, we pray, uh, Lord, for what you're going to do through this Heart for the House offering, God. We pray that you would take Celebration Church. You would use all of us, Lord, beyond what we thought possible, God. And we would be able to see, God, not just Orlando, but the nations come to know you, God. That we would be able to have a greater impact through this, Father. Lord, thank you for choosing to use us, God. Thank you for choosing to use us to be your hands and your feet. There is no greater honor and there is no greater privilege. Father, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Orlando or to get in touch with us, please visit celebrationorlando.org.